I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Wednesday. Milwaukee wins their first title in 50 years. Giannis with 50 points. They won the title and covered the game. Entering the title round, Milwaukee was a plus 180 underdog. There were two other times in the playoffs they were bigger dogs than that. We're going to start the show with that. We've got next year's odds already. And you know what? The Bucks are the favorite. No, they're not. I'm joking. It's the Nets that are favored, three to one. Lakers five to one. Milwaukee is third at nine to one. Golden State is fourth at twelve to one. Big upset in soccer in the Olympics. The women's team has their 44 game unbeaten streak snapped. They were eight to one underdogs the Swedes were to win the game eight to one payoff and just that one loss caused the U.S. team to become plus money they were well over 50 percent now under 50 percent to win the gold here comes the four hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more you're listening to Fox Sports Radio, Radio. Radio. this is straight out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas your host R.J. Bell the pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's RJ Bell. You heard it. I'm RJ live in Las Vegas, live on a post-championship crowning Wednesday. Live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Another season in the books, in the history books. We're going to break it down, look at next year's odds, try to put it in historical context. Great show. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. I'm the pro. He's the Joan L.A. Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, we have a champion crowned in the NBA. And on a day in which we have training camps opening up around the NFL, what is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? We're going to defer the Vegas lead and be human beings and be sports fans. I do this, you know, seven, eight times a year. We are about the numbers. We're about the cash, the cold cash. But... We are fans, too. Jonas is the professional fan. We'll start with him, go to McKenzie. As a fan, not even who was good, who was bad. What was your emotional human takeaway from last night? Uh, I, I was happy for Giannis. I think there's been a lot uh, discussed and written about him. I was happy for the Milwaukee fan base. I thought they had uh, they'd waited a long time. They'd gotten close over the past couple of years, but it was uh, it was cool to see him sort of take in the moment. And he just brings a different vibe, a different feel to uh, to an, being an NBA superstar. Maybe a more humble approach is the best way to put it. And so it was it was nice to see him. You know, after everything he went through, then the injury going into this this series uh, to come back out and win this in six games he was awesome and it was a great performance so 16 of 25 from the field 17 of 19 from the free throw line you know what we should do mckenzie so he was about 50 percent right for a lot of the playoffs we could throw it in the old what binomial machine and see the likelihood of a 50 percent event happening 17 and 19 you want to check yeah, that I'm out? On it. 
Yeah. This is going to be interesting. Um, obviously, you could make the case, and if there ever is like a last dance for Giannis, as in like, hey, it's time to really get the legend solidified to say even though it's, if this was Jordan, right, who I love, it, it would be like in even the free throws, the one weakness, the only weakness when the pressure was really on, he stepped up. So 17 and 19, pretty amazing. And he answers all questions. And by some accounts, and I want to see if, Jonas, you agree, you could see Giannis evolve and grow throughout just these very playoffs. There's a uh, famous poker player, Stu Unger. If you don't know Stu Unger and you're even a casual poker fan, look it up. He literally, it was like the second time he ever played No Limit Hold'em. He won the 1980, I think it was, World Series of Poker. And Doyle Brunson said you could see him getting better as the tournament progressed because he was just learning the game. And obviously Giannis wasn't just learning the game, but uh, Bill Simmons were, was one of the ones saying it felt like he was a better player, not just that he had better games. He was a better player at the end of the playoffs than he was at the beginning. Does that sound right to you, Jonas? Yeah, it felt like uh, Giannis sort of worked through some of the issues he'd had, whether it was mental, whether it was, you know, physical, obviously coming off the knee injury, but it felt like he worked through some of that as the playoffs went on and he got better and better and he got more confident. And and I'm trying to think back to when there was, it might've been Brooklyn, maybe it was Brooklyn where he came out um, in, in a certain stretch and he was just really, really good. And it felt like he had sort of gotten over that hump and then he got hurt and you just thought, okay, well, he finally is starting to figure it out. Then he suffers the knee injury, comes back out in this series, was pretty good coming off the knee injury in the first game. And from then on out, he never looked back. He was awesome uh, all, the, all the rest of the way through. And obviously this has been said more than a few times, but a toe, a, 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 a size or two on Kevin Durant's foot was all that separated Brooklyn from winning, even with the major injuries they had. To this moment, if they had an extra series right now and there was sufficient rest, Milwaukee versus Brooklyn, and I don't know if everyone from Brooklyn's healthy, but let's assume they are, uh, no home court advantage, seven games on a neutral, who's the favorite? I would say, meaning right now, everybody yep. healthy? Yep. Uh, I would say Brooklyn. I think that's fair. And does that take away from the win? Heck no. It shows you that all you can hope for is opportunities, and, and the more you make the play, you know, this is what Billy Bean talks about or talked about a lot in baseball is to get to the playoffs takes skill, to win in the playoffs takes luck. Now, again, he got to the playoffs a lot, lot didn't win a lot, so it kind of supports his <laughs> history. But I think there's some truth to that. And in the NBA, you know, when uh, seven-game series, luck is the least – factor is a smaller factor than any other sport. There's no other sport that the better team wins more often than the NBA. But this season with all the injuries, man, it felt like it was about, again, it doesn't take away from the amazing performance, but literally an inch. It wasn't an inch. They went to overtime an inch on that three pointer late in game seven in regulation. 
and or almost three pointer, and it is uh, Borden Hoser is probably fired. I mean, almost, I think almost certainly. And now he probably has his job. You know, the analogy would be the the Mavericks. They won the title and didn't go, I think, win a playoff round for 10 years before the coach left. So he solidified himself. Giannis is now all time. And a performance that some are saying with Jordan against the Jazz for the sixth title being the one, you know, semi-modern game. We could kind of go back maybe to Magic when he played against the, I guess it what in 79, was it the Sixers? Uh, he, uh, Magic. Yeah, yeah jumped, I think it was Philly, yeah. Yeah, he, Kareem got hurt his rookie year and played center and had a triple-double. You know, I don't know. I know that on any list of closeout games for the title, this has to be on the top five. One of the you know the five biggest performances and the symmetry of 50 years and 50 points. I mean, it's an all-time. I mean, these are the kind of things that the kids that are 15 today, when they're 45, they're going to be talking about it. And it's just something as a sports fan, I think, to enjoy. Let me ask you this, Jonas: You're drafting. You know, I'm going to go to McKay. I'm going to ask you the question, give you time to think about it when I talk to McKenzie about his human reaction. This this should be short. Is if you were drafting for the future, meaning ages of the consideration and the quality of play. So no matter how good you think LeBron is, probably not going to be one of the top couple draft choices because he's got X, you know, small number of years left. Younger is better. If you're redrafting the league, Take your time on this. Where is Giannis? Now, going to McKenzie. We're straight out of Vegas. McKenzieRiversPregame.com research. What was your human reaction? I was happy for Giannis. Talking about symmetry, he actually took the Larry O'Brien trophy uh, through the Chick-fil-A and got a 50-piece to go with his 50-piece. 50-piece chicken nuggets for his 50 points. Mm -hmm. But I was more happy because of Giannis. Did you practice that in front of the mirror? (laughs) Just in my head 20 seconds ago. (laughs) But I was more happy because of Giannis and what he means to the NBA. Like, we look at James Harden, a guy that hasn't had his best performances in the biggest moments. It's a good feeling to know that one of the best players in the NBA, now and ever, is cool, calm, and collected in the biggest moments. The biggest game of his life, he has the best free throw shooting he had all season, 89%. It's just a cool thing. I'm happy to be a fan of the NBA today. So, did we get that odds of a 50% free throw shooter going out? What was it, 17 of 19? Yes, the odds of that are 1 in 2,500. Now, he does shoot a little better than 50%. If you include 56%, it's 1 in 500. Still remarkable. All right, and the 56 was his uh, playoff average or regular season? Yeah, his playoff average entering last night's game. Okay, see, that's very smart. You can't include the 17 and 19. So, so you know, like in the hundreds, at minimum, in the hundreds and hundreds to one. Yes. All right, that that's called stepping up. Okay, Jonas, redrafting the NBA. Where's you, who goes ahead of Giannis? Oh man, um, I would say I, I'd still take Durant at his age. Yeah, I would uh-huh. take uh, I would take Durant, and I don't know that there's who who else, else would you consider? I mean, I would consider. Jeez, uh, I mean like Jokic. Maybe Luca. 
Luca, maybe Jokic, uh, but I mean, Luca's even younger. Yeah, and I, I think they're in the conversation. But the only guy that I would take right now ahead of ahead of uh, Giannis for sure would be Kevin Durant. So I mean, what is Giannis like? Five years younger, and 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 doesn't get hurt even when his knee looks like it's going to snap. It doesn't really yeah. phase him. I mean, and he's definitely closed the gap for sure uh, on on whatever conversation anybody wants to have about him and, and where he stands ranking-wise in the NBA. Like, he did himself a lot of favors this postseason no as far doubt. as closing that. I personally would take Giannis first, and here's why. And and to me, Durant wouldn't even be in the conversation because of the age. Yeah. And with to me with Luca, you got a guy who, you know, when he gets mad at someone, it, it seems <laughs> like he clears out the front office. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and who wants to play with him? And if we're, you know, not I'm not saying nobody does. I'm saying okay, there's going to be some ambivalence if you're an elite player. You're going to get to shoot much. You're going to get the ball much. To me, Giannis could attract. If he was in a different, you know, who knows, right, in the future. But if you're a Durant, if you're a Luke, like how bad Luca would want to play with Giannis, I think, if he was smart, a lot more than Giannis wants to play with Luca. I think that being that that guy that's going to be in the trenches and do all the, you know, like the Scotty Pippen, if you got Pippen who's better than Pippen, he's a freak, then. If you're Jordan or you want to be Jordan, Giannis is your guy. So I think if you're building a team, by taking him first, it makes that team so much more desirable, I think, than taking Luka first. So you can make the case that when it comes to on court, maybe it's a a toss-up. And obviously Luka's younger. Mackenzie, same question. What do you put uh, Giannis in, in your draft, age considered? He's number one for me. The only consideration would be Luka, who's five years younger, Kevin Durant, six years older. I think he's a better player, but that takes him out of the conversation for me. One thing about Giannis, just this step blew my mind. 48% of the Bucks points he scored last night. The only person to ever surpass that in a closeout game. Michael Jordan, you probably know the game, 1998 game six. Ooh. He was pretty good in that game. If For the kids out there, <laughs> watch the end of that one because there was a point with like a minute and a half left. It was a huge long shot the Bulls would win. Then they'd be playing game seven in Utah, and they would have been about pick them. I remember the lines in those games. Ooh, that would have been a tough one. It would have been Jordan's only game seven. Six titles, never played a seventh game. Giannis, one title, never played a seventh game. In the finals, we're straight out of Vegas. Um... What do we think of Holiday? I mean, obviously, he had the one monster uh, game. He played D well the whole game. Middleton, in general, I think, served himself well. Didn't have an amazing series, but a really good series. We won a lot of moolah on Giannis as the MVP and at plus two... 20 or so when we bet Milwaukee when it was 2-1. Let's give Jonas credit. He was pro-Milwaukee even when they were not at even money, but at the plus money when they were down 0-2. And we cashed another ticket last night on the under. It wasn't even close. Sometimes when it looks that easy, I worry people think it's easy. (laughs) It's not. So we got that close. Now let's do this. No, let's do this. We'll do that when we come back. When we come back, we're going to tell you next year's favorites, go down the list, and also 
What was the biggest underdog that Milwaukee was when they were down 0-2 against Brooklyn? What were the odds? When they were down 0-2 against Phoenix, what were the odds? We'll show you what they came back from. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox, and this is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will take a closer look at the NBA Finals recap. The Bucks win in six. And next year's title odds already available just in a minute or two. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audience has doubled in the last year plus. Why? Because of you, your support, spreading the word. And we're going to keep working hard to have a great, entertaining Fabulous show for you every weekday at 6 Eastern. <laughs> you can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas here in Vegas on the Strip. 100 degrees exactly. The neon is pumping. So, RJ, we've been talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. They are your NBA champions. They get it done in six games last night. It was a 105-98 final. Giannis goes for 50 and takes home the finals MVP. It didn't always seem so likely. Down 0-2 against Brooklyn. The postmortems were being drafted. At that point, McKenzieRiversPregame.com, what were the odds? If you would have said, I have belief in the Bucks, what were the odds to win the series and win the title at that point? They were plus 370 to win the series versus the Nets, 16-1 to to win the title. 16-1. to now, you might think, man, it took a lot for them to win it. It was so unlikely. Actually, before the season started, so the preseason odds, what, where was Milwaukee at when it came to teams ranked, you know, the rankings? They were the second favorite at plus 450, only behind the L.A. Lakers. So, though, as the season progressed, and they had a pretty good season, but it wasn't like the prior two. And remember, we talked about this. A number of times. The the year, the regular season Milwaukee had last year and then the year before, so the two prior seasons, was the best two regular seasons in succession ever without a team winning a title. It was just they had monster years. They were, if I'm just going by memory, but like one of the years I think was number eight and one was like 11 all-time point differential and if you look at the teams ahead of them, champ, 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 I mean, just one year, forget two years. So this year they did something the Ravens, for example, don't tend to do during the regular season, which is sacrifice to some degree your chance to win in the regular season to prepare yourself for the postseason. When Lamar Jackson, they're up by, I don't know, 28 against the Bengals, maybe it's a time to try the stuff he's not so good at. Maybe throw a few passes. But no, Harbaugh, a bully. Some say he, he has an odor problem. I'm not saying he does. I'm saying that's what people are saying, him and his brother. But the reality is the Harbaugh's are bullies, in my opinion. Now, it could be that I'm an Ohio State grad and a Steelers fan, or it could be I'm just being objective. Bullies. 
And because of that, they don't seem to want to do anything they don't do exceptionally well. So they beat the Bengals by 40 and lose in the playoffs pretty much every year their first game. They got lucky last year to win a game. Well, Milwaukee, prior two years, you could make the case they were the same. Protecting that pristine record, that pris- those pristine results. This year, playing zone, trying different things, making a big trade for Holiday, signing him, all in. And though they could have lost easily against Brooklyn, they won and won the title. Kudos, hat tip, because it really was an engineered plan. It was to get better for the playoffs. And obviously Giannis himself stepped up also. Now, when they were down against Phoenix, this is when Jonas actually was a fan of of Milwaukee's chances. What were the odds when down 0-2 against the Suns? Bucks were plus 380 at that point, only a 19% implied winning percentage. All right, so kudos. They got, um, I wouldn't say lucky. I say that they the series shifted. Chris Paul, uh, we'll talk about next year's odds in a minute, but uh, this was his chance, I think. it's. A, I would make a major bet right now at even money. Chris Paul never wins a title. Though there yeah. are rumors that he might be looking at the Lakers, did you hear that, Jonas? Yeah, that's been sort of thrown out for a little while now that um, the Lakers would be a possibility if Phoenix wasn't willing to, you know, to give him the the money that he was looking for, the the you know the boost in pay that he was looking for, that maybe a pairing with LeBron James uh, to sort of close out his career because those two guys are close friends might be something he'd be interested in. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I remember Carl Malone doing that. Yeah. Uh, it didn't work out <laughs> so well, right. but we'll see. By the way. I test time. We're straight out of Vegas. We spent a big chunk of the show yesterday talking about Scott Foster and the record with Chris Paul on the floor. They were 0-11 in those games in the playoffs, 0-12 now. I test, Jonas. Did you? Did it seem like the game was called fairly? Yeah, I can't find anything that I would look at and go, oh, that was clearly, uh, you know, somebody was out to get the Phoenix Suns. Like, I, I didn't I didn't see that. Um, but, you know, Suns fans have been fixated on that for a little while now. I'm sure there's probably a play or two they could point to and have a complaint about. I didn't so, see anything, though. So the fact that Giannis had 19 free throw attempts and the most any player on the Suns had was five, that feels right. I mean, did they try and get to the basket like he did? I mean, he was he was aggressively trying to get to the basket, and and it didn't feel like Phoenix was. I, I don't know. I just I didn't find anything that was that was totally egregious in the game. Now, and again, not that this is the only stat that matters, but if you actually look at the shots at the rim, and Milwaukee has dominated that stat throughout you know this series, but in this game specifically. It was, uh, let's see here, 27, uh, 27% of Phoenix's shots were at the rim, 33% for Milwaukee. So 6% more, though that doesn't tell the whole story. This is fascinating, is Phoenix and their inability to shoot corner threes. So 6% of Milwaukee's shots were corner threes, 2% of Phoenix's. That actually puts them in the third percentile. So uh, cleaning the glass has stats, and then they'll say one to 100. Would, in the third, 97% of teams in Phoenix's spot would have had more corner threes. That was a good 
and that was later in the series that um, Milwaukee made some changes, adjustments that shut down those corner threes. McKenzie, did you see anything? This, you know, the numbers say, you know, and maybe you can talk about the free throw attempts overall, but what did the eye test tell you about Foster and any perceived bias? Eye test was there was no bias in calling the game. Yes, Aiton had five fouls. Yes, Chris Paul had five fouls, but they fouled a lot. When we're guarding Giannis Antetokounmpo, that's going to happen. Interesting, the Suns had 19 free throws, made 16. The Bucks had 29 free throws, made 25. And, of course, Giannis making 17 of those. All right, Mackenzie Rivers. <laughs> he says no bias so there you go case closed <laughs> all right let's look at and we're straight out of vegas let's look at next year's odds and jonas tell me if anything looks bettable here off your ufc win <laughs> the brooklyn nets are favored three to one so 100 wins you 300 um my understanding is what they got harris and the big three signed there's rumors Kyrie might be traded. I don't know about that. Does any of yeah. those rumors feel right to you? Uh, that was something that came out after the season that maybe they might look to deal Kyrie. Um, because I don't, I don't know that they really have a clear understanding as to how this team is going to play together when those guys are healthy. Because I don't even know how many games those all three of those guys were on the court together. So, so in the I, regular season, I think it was like eight yeah, up so until I, the end of the year. Th- yeah. That's a pretty small sample size to know what you got with those guys on the same floor together. So that's why I, I was a little skeptical that they were just going to turn around and trade Kyrie without really giving it you know, an opportunity. What's your sense, McKenzie? Man, as a, as, a, as a fan of that team, I wouldn't want to see it broken up. But like you said, only 13 games combined, eight in the regular season, five yeah, versus I don't the Celtics. Think, I, I don't think a lack of games is any reason to doubt. Because if you look at those 13 games, and I think we have it broken out, their offensive efficiency is through the roof. Yes, even playing limited I mean, as many games as they could together, they set the record for offensive efficiency. So I want to see it come back. That's what I'm saying. I want to see the big three come back. Let's be clear. The team itself set the record. Right. Right. And why don't you look into it as we're talking here, but when they were on the floor together, how good were, you know, or I guess there's two ways to look at it. When there was a game they all three played, look at the game, or you can look when they're on the floor together. I think look at the game because I think part of this is with those three, you got the backup. You know, the second team's always going to have a score. So look at the, those 13 games and report back to us. We are straight out of Vegas. All right. So Brooklyn Nets are favorite. The Lakers five to one are the second favorites. Milwaukee third favorites nine to one. Golden State. 12 to 1. Now remember the big question with the draft coming up and we'll have draft props and odds and and the adjustments after the draft is Golden State has Wiseman from last year. They have uh, a contract. Uh, Who's the number one pick that went to Cleveland and and he got traded? Oh, uh, Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins. Supposedly his contract's worth more than him, you know, and and then two fairly high picks this year, right? Like seven and fifteen or something like that. Um, so the theory is that's the best package if you're going for a dame, uh, and him being the crown jewel if he's going to get traded. 
Golden State probably has the best package, right? Wiggins and his contract, Wiseman, who was, you know, what, the number two pick last year or the number three? I can't remember. And in addition, two lottery picks this year. I mean, who's got – people talk Knicks. It's like the funny thing is for a guy like Dame, what he's going to want if he wants to leave, and the rumor, you know, his reports, I think it was uh, David Thorpe uh, had it a few days ago that he's going to ask for a trade. And the theory is you have to have a team that has enough to give Portland and for the cupboard not to be bare even after that. I'm not sure the Knicks, if they gave their whole team, could get Dame. And obviously, there'd be nothing left. So the idea that he'd go to the Knicks, I can't even fathom that trade. But if Golden State did go with those four assets that we you know, named, the two picks, last year's high pick, and Wiggins, they would still, especially, especially obviously if Clay comes back and is anywhere near his former self, you know, fourth favorite feels about right. Um, if you were betting Golden State, no, let's say it like this, because obviously Golden State would be better with Dame next year. If you were a Golden State fan and you had a 10-year horizon, would you want them to trade those four assets for Lillard? I mean, I don't know how Dame and – curry play together like i i don't know how that looks because curry's you know a, he's a great ball hander ball handler really effective i don't know what that now does with clay thompson if he comes back and he's 100 percent. like i think the team that makes the most sense for me would be philly for dame because at least if What's you're the portland package? yeah at least if you're portland you're getting back you could get back a ben simmons uh you know maybe some draft picks if they needed to throw in a couple of role players they could and you would get them out of the western conference so you wouldn't have to play him throughout the course of the year philly seems like from a philly standpoint it makes the most sense but to your point what are you getting in return and yeah. i think that's where that's if you're portland you've got to look into all of that but if but if i were just a team looking at only the dame side of it and where would make the most sense as far as teams that would be in the market i think philly makes the most sense out of anybody but if you're portland and the choice is like and again I, mckenzie maybe you can pull the exact i think it's like 715 wiseman and uh the asset as we were talking about there with wiggins is how does Simmons and I mean we can say a few role players, but I'm you know like who I mean it's not going to be anyone that moves the needle right by definition, and so uh, so I guess it strikes me doesn't the if that hypothetical Golden State offer blow Philly out of the water? Uh, I I guess I just don't think. I mean, Golden do, State do you think would, that or or do you would you like the Philly deal? I don't think Golden State's going to be in the trade conversation with Portland. Okay. I mean, if if they were, yeah, that's a better deal because of all the future assets you get. I just don't think Golden State's going to look in that direction. All right, so Mackenzie, you got that research? Uh, Spencer, you got it for us? I was just pulling up the, the Nets have 130 average offensive rating with the big three on the court. On, the, we court, have, on the court yeah. or in the games that they play? In the games that they play, the whole team, 130 offensive rating. Okay, and they broke the record this year, all-time best with, what, 119? Yeah, it was 119. Okay, so think about that a second. It's not when they're on the court. It's when they play. 
that this team is 11 points better than the best team of all time, which happened to be themselves without the big three on the court on every game. So that's uh, so. Who was who was the lowest? The distance between Brooklyn without the big three, or in, I guess Brooklyn in all games versus Brooklyn with just the big three playing. That distance was 11 points. If you take 11 points from the 119 efficiency offensively, that was the record of all time that the whole the team in all games sat. 11 minus that, you're down to 108. Where would 108 fit this season on offense? 25th, right above the Detroit Pistons. So the distance from the best team of all time, the Nets, and the 25th best team this year is the same distance from the Nets in all games to the Nets with the big three. That's stunning that you could be that much better 24 slots of teams better than the best of all time. You know, I know it's a limited number of games, but if you set aside Kyrie and the uncertainty around him, which I'm not saying you can necessarily, I think on the court, they were a proven commodity, even though there wasn't a ton of games We'll finish up. Now, in fact, we'll do the MVP odds for next year. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. If you ever wonder where the cash comes from in college sports, look at Kansas. Kansas never, you would think, one of the best basketball programs in the country. SEC would want them. Nuh-uh. Football is king. No doubt about it. All right. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, MVP odds for next year. And we're going to be talking about, is there a COVID effect? Teams that are under-vaccinated based on what the league wants. Those teams, are they at a betting and performance disadvantage? We'll talk about it. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Well, we are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And RJ, we've been talking about the NBA Finals, and we've been recapping the Milwaukee Bucks championship. It was Giannis winning MVP, and it was the Bucks in six games after going down two zip that take home the crown. One thought, we were speculating yesterday when the Scott Foster and all the Chris Paul losing in the playoffs when he's been the ref and we thought maybe this is a chance to show it's not true. Different people made a point that Commissioner Silver looked so ecstatic when Milwaukee won. It was a small market team. It was a high an elite player that stayed with his team. Do you think maybe they so wanted Milwaukee to win that if there was any sense of when do we put Foster in, that why not put him in when Milwaukee's at home and really solidify that chance? In hindsight, that's if there was any sense of when to use Foster, that kind of makes sense to me. 
I mean, yeah, if that were the case, I mean, I wish that were true. I, I, I hope that there's some evidence that would point that to be true because that would be a fun conversation to have. I just don't know how anybody would would be able to to prove that. I mean, well, I, I no. think I mean, that's the whole point of this, right, is you can't prove, as we talked about at length yesterday, for those that weren't listening yesterday, is if a referee has certain tendencies and you put them in because you want the results that those tendencies tend to um, that tend to happen as a result of those tendencies. If, if you want that to be how things go, you don't have to tell people about it. But since even Chris Paul himself is talking about the effect Foster has, it seems like the NBA putting him in when it's not necessary a game, it doesn't feel... Do we, we don't think – you think the NBA was unaware of this? No, I think they were aware of it. I just – Adam Silver looking happy means that, that – No, no, I'm just uh, – what I meant was that that kind of uh, – and Bill Simmons was talking about this. Oh, no, actually, this was on the Zach Lowe podcast, is they were making the case about how good this was for the NBA, and you could see it on Silver – not talking about Foster at all, but like Milwaukee winning really goes against a lot of the narratives the NBA doesn't like, right? Yeah, that, I, I do think it was definitely a good for the NBA, good to see a guy win it by staying with his team, not you know jumping to form the super team. Uh, Giannis even made comments about it afterwards. And I also think the NBA was thrilled to actually have a playoffs because we can call the bubble you know a success if we want to uh, this is what they're about like they're about these series these matchups and i think a lot of people really enjoyed the finals through and through we are straight out of vegas mvp odds for next season in the nba the favorite luca five to one kevin durant seven to one joel Embiid seven to one Giannis eight to one steph curry eight to one let's transition to the NFL and COVID. Have you been following Jonas? The the certain teams, specifically Washington football team and the Colts, are well below um, the goals of COVID vaccinations that the NFL has set. Uh, have you been following that story at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen the teams that have come out. Um, obviously, when you think of COVID in the NFL, Cole Beasley is the guy who's really been at the center of attention because he's been adamant about not wanting to get vaccinated. Jerry Jones was saying, you know, the number of players um, and until they reach their threshold, he can count on one hand. So I, I do think it's still sort of a, a tricky situation. And as camps approach, I wonder how many more of those players are going to go out and, and get vaccinated and get it taken care of because they don't want to either be tested every day or put their team in jeopardy of, you know, losing yeah. a game because they felt like they weren't they didn't need to get vaccinated. And the question is, and this is being asked by serious batters, is is it a competitive disadvantage for the teams that have fallen short or will have fallen short of the number? And again, Washington and Indianapolis seem to be the two prime suspects right now because of the extra effort and onerousness of the testing and the various other things that not not being certified would result in something to watch for sure last thought u.s women's soccer team 44 game unbeaten streak snapped losing three to nil as they say i think to sweden (laughs) and if you had bet sweden eight to one payoff before the game the u.s women's soccer team minus 170 to win the gold after the game, plus 120 
So they went to plus money, less than 50%. Still the favor, but a big adjustment off that loss. Straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to start your job your way. That means getting what you need fast. Some jobs can't wait. That's why AutoZone offers free same-day store pickup. Free next-day delivery is available in over 100,000 parts. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone, if you missed any of today's show, including a deep dive and a look back on the Bucks NBA Championship and Giannis as an MVP, check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. We are back tomorrow. 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas!